Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. If there is a phrase in church talk that bespeaks that God is the God of one generation after another, it is a quote from the Old Testament, God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. But it also might be said that God is the God of Elijah and Elisha. In other words, God's power to speak through his prophets transcends the generations and the epochs of human history. Hello, I'm Mark Rutland. Welcome to The Leader's Notebook. I've been uh, in the middle of a series of these episodes about, based on my book, of Kings and Prophets. I hope you're enjoying this series. If you have missed some of the others or all of the others, then they are archived. And I hope that you'll go back, listen to every one of them and enjoy them. But I'm glad that you've joined for this as we talk about some of the issues of the transition between Elijah and Elisha and the God of power. I, I want you to have the book also of Kings and Prophets. This is my 20th book, and I'm very happy about it. I'm very proud of the way that it's selling. It seems to be taken off. We thank God. And I want you to have it. At the end of this podcast, the announcer is going to tell you how you can get the book. Remember, we're now in the second week of November. Christmas is barreling in on you. Why don't you just uh, fill out your Christmas list with copies of Of Kings and Prophets? You might want to combine it by buying also David the Great, a previous book. I think of them as sort of companion pieces, if you will. They're not precisely, but they're written in the same way, and I, I think you'd enjoy the two of them back to back. Now, as you know, Elijah was one of the prominent, preeminent prophets of the Old Testament. It was he that confronted Ahab on Mount Carmel. It was he that prayed down fire. It was he that prophesied the death of Ahab and the, and the terrible, bloody death of Ahab's wife. And Elijah was such a prophet of tremendous supernatural power. Then when it came time for him, he, he began to sense that his time on earth was over. He was coming to the end of it, not only his prophetic ministry, but his life on earth. He said to Elisha, I'm going to go across the Jordan and I want you to stay here. Elisha refused to leave him alone. He said, I'm, I'm coming with you. It's clear that Elisha sensed this transition was also happening. And so he followed Elijah down to the Jordan River. And Elijah says, now you stay on this side over and over again in this little journey. Stay here, I'm going on. Stay here, I'm going on. And Elisha refuses. He says, I'm, I'm not letting you out of my sight. And then he starts across the Jordan River and he tells Elisha, stay on this side. He says, I won't. So Elijah, the great prophet, Elijah takes his mantle, which is like a, a cape, if you will, and he slaps the water of the Jordan and it opens like very much like when uh, Moses extended his rod over the Red Sea and it parted and very much exactly like when when Joshua and the priests waded into the Jordan River and it parted. Now, for the third time, Elijah parts 
uh, a water, and and this this is the second time that the Jordan has been parted, the third time in Scripture that a body of water is parted miraculously, and he and Elisha walk through to the other side. Now Elijah then says to Elisha, "I'm I'm leaving. I know that God has revealed to me I'm leaving." Elisha says, "I know," and Elijah says, "What do you want from me?" Now Elisha's answer sounds arrogant on the surface. He says, I want a double portion. Now, that's a, that's a complicated and somewhat troubling text. It could sound greedy. I want a better ministry than you have. But probably what it really means is, I want to be used as you've been used. I want God to, to bless me. Give me a full portion, if you will. Give me everything. It might even be translated that way because it might be that he would receive a half portion as a natural inheritance. And so a supernatural inheritance would be a double portion, if you will, which would be a full portion. Give me the full anointing, all that I can, all that I can bear. Use me, he pleads with Elijah and then through Elijah to God. So Elijah says, this is a hard thing you've asked. However, if you see me, when I depart, your prayer has been answered. Now, that brings this dramatic moment where this fiery chariot, horses, come between them. It separates them, if you will, as if to say, you can't cross over one way or the other. There is this separation between us in life and death, and the fiery chariot comes between them. It could also be that it's a distraction that if Elisha turns and follows a fiery chariot, I mean, that's, that's really something to see, this phenomenon. If he turns and watches the fiery chariot, he takes his eyes off Elijah, and he might not see Elijah when he departs. Now, many, many people get this next part wrong. They think Elijah got in the fiery chariot and rode off, but that's not what happened. The fiery chariot comes between them, and then Elijah is lifted up in a whirlwind, a tornado, if you will. And that is the test for Elisha. He keeps his eyes where they should be, on Elijah. And when Elijah goes up in that tornado, in that whirlwind, as he rises in this great swirl, his mantle, this cape, falls to the ground, and Elisha picks it up. The message intended in this encounter is clear. Elisha has picked up Elijah's anointing. The mantle becomes a symbol of the, of the ministry, the prophetic ministry and authority of Elijah. That's finished. And now Elisha's must begin. Elisha now returns to the Jordan River. And when he arrives, he finds a group of prophets on the other side who saw Elijah and Elisha's leave cross the river through the parting of the water. And he is now gazing at them across the Jordan River. This is a moment of tremendous importance, and Elisha knows it. He takes the mantle he has received from Elijah, and he calls out, Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And he strikes the water with it, just as Elijah did as they crossed the first time. At that moment, the Jordan River stands on end. This is now the fourth time in history that the waters have parted at the command of a man of God. First Moses, then Joshua, then Elijah, and now Elisha. So Elisha is clearly in that stream 
of supernatural authority. It is the affirming moment and the beginning of the wonderful supernatural international ministry of Elisha. All that very dramatic and almost cinematic transfer of power, if you will, the the transfer of anointing, prophetic anointing from Elijah to Elisha for us begs an important question. What does it mean to us? How do I apply any of that to my life? So there are several things. The first is this. When that transfer of legacy is beginning to happen, when that transfer of leadership is beginning to happen, the receiving generation, the second generation has to stay humble and wait. Elisha does not usurp the authority of Elijah. Elisha is he who pours water upon Elijah's hands. In other words, he waits patiently. He serves him. He takes care of basic needs. He's, he's just a servant to him. But the whole time he's learning, humbling himself, seeking, learning. So he waits on God's timing. Now, the second thing is the one who is the senior, the elder who is leaving the legacy has to sense God's timing. Elijah senses my ministry is finished. It's done. It doesn't mean he failed. It doesn't mean anything except that his ministry is finished. And Elijah has to sense that, but Elisha also senses it. So everybody in the story has to remain sensitive to the will and timing of God. Now, the third thing is this. Having learned from Elijah, perhaps intellectually or ministerially or experientially, he's observed, but he wants to receive supernatural. So there is that issue of whatever you call it, the anointing, the, the blessing, the gift. So that second generation has to be able to seek from God, do through me these kinds of things, pour on me whatever was upon them. Otherwise, from generation to generation, there is a supernatural diminishment, a diminution of power and anointing. So the subsequent generations should boldly ask, God, as you used as you used him or her, now use me. That God is not just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, three generations. He is also the God of Elijah and Elisha. So from one ministry to the next. Now, the final lesson that we learn is the most important of all. The succeeding generation, the second generation of leadership, has to keep their focus. They have to remember what they're really about. They don't want to get distracted by supernatural play pretties. When the, when the fiery chariot comes between them, there's a separation. You can say the separation of death when the first generation retires or leaves or dies. There is a separation. Something happens. There's a, a gap that could, there could be no way that Elisha could step through that fiery chariot. It separated them. It's over. That's over. But he had to keep his focus. Elijah senses this and says to his disciple, Elisha, if you see me, then your prayer is answered. So there is a test for Elisha. Keep your eyes focused. 
remember what you're doing and don't get distracted by even the most flamboyant and extravagant of supernatural events. Next week, here on the Leader's Notebook, we're going to begin by discussing several of the more supernatural moments in Elisha's ministry. We're going to talk about ways in which God used Elisha and and affirmed and confirmed Elisha's ministry. They're different from Elijah's. The subsequent generation is not the same. It's not a duplicate. He's not, a, he's not an imitation, a cardboard Elijah. Elisha has to find his own voice, his own ministry, and step forward into it. But the anointing, the confirmation, the affirmation, if you will, of God, that is from the Lord. And it comes immediately. We see it at this passage of Elisha using the mantle of Elijah to strike the Jordan River and the two halves stand on end. And that is as if God says, now I was the God of Elijah. Now I'm the God of Elisha. The second generation now has to find his own voice, his own place of leadership and ministry. And next week, Here on the Leader's Notebook, we're going to talk about some of those affirming, confirming moments in the remarkable and supernatural ministry, the prophetic leadership of Elisha. Now, I want you to stay tuned. The announcer is going to tell you how you can get as many copies as you need of of Kings and Prophets. Until we meet again, this is the Leader's Notebook, and I'm Mark Rutland. To order a copy of Dr. Mark Rutland's new book of Kings and Prophets, please visit the store at drmarkrutland.com. Enter promo code KINGS30 to receive 30% off of each book, or call us toll-free at 888-823-8772. Thank you for listening to The Leader's Notebook.